Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. Firstly, I hope you're all staying safe and well, and I'm super excited for today's conversation. So let's jump straight in. I'm delighted to say I'm joined all the way from Oslo by Carl Lund, OMA and Evo and part-time lecturer at Coyce Cole and Christina University. And I apologize <laughs> for my pronunciation on that already. I'm sure you'll correct me. And his student, Nina Magnuson. So Carl took OKRs to 100 students. And when we heard this, we were intrigued to hear more. And our OKRs transfer report to students. So let's find out. So firstly, Carl, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and what led you to OKRs? Sure. Uh, my full name is Carl Philip Lund, and most people just call me KP. Uh, but I work, uh, I'm from Norway, obviously, uh, up in the north, and it's cold here. Uh, I work uh, two jobs. I run a digital marketing talent agency in Norway, and then I teach digital marketing at uh, Christiania University College in Oslo, Norway. So that's, uh, that's me, and I've, I've always been curious on how uh, some companies just manage to grow fast uh, when everything around them is changing. And that's what led me to OKRs. Great, and thank you for the correction of my pronunciation there. <laughs> um, so alongside your day job, um, you lecture obviously at the university, kind of what led you down this path? Uh, with uh, university teaching, uh, I think I've always had a passion to learn new things. Uh, and being part of an academic institution uh, forces me to learn new things every year. Uh, so so I, I learn from the students a lot of the time. Yeah, that's great. It's kind of back and forth, I guess, not just kind of you feeding them information. They're also feeding you information as well. Yeah. And also it's uh, it's a great opportunity to invite guest lecturers into the classroom because uh, people in the industry, they want to help. Uh, and uh, bringing them into the classroom uh, enriches the experience for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So OKRs in the classroom, um, what gave you this idea and how was it kind of received by the students when you first introduced it? Mm, I think I was first, I think I've seen the word or the abbreviation OKRs several times in the last couple of years. Uh, but what really started um, uh, get, or what really got my attention was I read a New York uh, Times article, uh, an interview with the founder of Zynga. Uh, if you remember Farmville and all those Facebook games, he was asked uh, uh, what was unusual about how he ran Zynga. And then that's when he answered OKRs and talked about uh, where he got it from. And he talked about Google. And, uh, and then I started just digging into the concept of OKRs. Uh, and I ended up uh, doing a lot of research on it. Uh, and I wrote an, a quite uh, extensive article about OKRs in uh, Norwegian. Uh, and I also recreated uh, John Doerr's original OKR presentation that he made for uh, the first 30 employees at Google. And uh, when I read his book, I also uh, noticed that in the beginning, Google was quite an academic environment. 30 students, or most of them, I think a lot of them were graduate students or PhD students, and they weren't actually running a company. So when John Doerr came into that group and started explaining OKRs, they, their basic answer was, well, 
we don't have another way of running this company. So let's, let's give this a try. So that's, that's when I learned about OKRs. And then I, I started thinking about, okay, why not try it in the classroom? Because grades, I think grades are not the most motivating uh, thing mm. in the classroom. So, um, yeah, so that's when, when fast-moving companies are using OKRs. Why can't we use it in the classroom? So that's when we decided to just, it was, I think it was two weeks before we started uh, the teaching in 2019, I believe it was. Great. And how was it kind of received when you first said about OKRs? Was it kind of like, what's this? Or Yeah, I think uh, the advantage of uh, students is that they haven't been, uh, I think, they haven't had work experience and they haven't learned to be negative in a way. Uh, so when you introduce something new, okay, they're a little bit skeptical, but they just uh, accept it because the teacher's saying it. Uh, but when I introduced it, I had to focus on just making it really simple. Uh, mm-hmm. So I didn't, when I introduced it, I didn't talk about OKRs. Uh, I basically said that my, or our ambition for the class is to make you guys very attractive in the workplace. Uh, and this is how I know uh, when you're attractive in the workplace. And then we listed uh, some key results without calling them key results. Uh, and then we just went on with uh, talking about the class and what was expected. And uh, we showed them the final exam right up in the beginning. Uh, and they got to see that. And I told them to form teams, three people in each teams. And then I gave them an introduction to OKRs, more the formal uh, objectives, key results, the objectives being inspirational and the key results being uh, able to uh, confirm or not confirm. Uh, and then we just started. Sounds great. It sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so well, actually, it was one of your students who found our Giant Talk podcast. And I guess introduced this to you in the, what is it, one of their video reports? So I'm delighted to say that Nina's joined us today. So Nina, how did you find the podcast? And can you tell us your thoughts around OKRs and whether they've given you kind of clarity and focus, I guess? I can. Uh, So Carl or KP, he introduced uh, OKR to my class a year ago uh, as he was my student. uh, No, my teacher, of course, in uh, digital marketing. Um, And he gave us an assignment to create a video um, about our best ways to learn new things. Um, so using OKRs as an example, mm-hmm. we did a lot of research and made a seven minutes long video where we explained our process of learning and also got to learn more about OKRs ourselves. Um, and among other things in that video, we mentioned podcasts uh, as a smart tool for learning. And while searching for OKR, on Google, we found your podcast, Derby Giants. Um, and since I had never heard about OKRs before Carl introduced it in my class, it took me a while to like understand the meaning of it and also to realize that OKR is more than just setting some goals and achieving them. Um, so in class, we use OKRs when we created our own online store um, 
And that's a challenging process to create an online store for the first time. But we found ourselves setting goals that were too easy to reach. Um, so, for example, one of our key results was to get 20 subscribers to our newsletter. Uh, but at the end of the first week, we already reached that goal. And uh, we actually managed to get almost 100 subscribers in one week. Uh, so, But even if we achieved our goals, it didn't really give me any kind of motivation. Uh, so I think that's because it was too easy uh, and we didn't even need to work uh, that hard to reach them. Um, and when we realized this, we decided to make new OKRs that forced us to challenge ourselves and really work hard. Um, so when we did this, it was the first time I really felt motivated, even if our goals were hard to reach. It felt like we finally did this for ourselves and not only because it was a part of our exam and something that we had to do. So the focus changed from thinking about completing the task and getting a good grade to now working hard in order to learn as much as possible and to make the most out of that experience. So yeah, OKRs have definitely given me some new perspectives. Uh, I learned that underestimating yourself won't make you motivated because you achieve a goal. It uh, ex is experience that uh, it's more motivating to set goals that force you to work hard and stay focused, even if you may not achieve all of them. So, uh, because it's way more funny uh, when you finally uh, reach a goal you've been working really hard to achieve instead of reaching goals without bumping into any obstacles about or along the way. So, uh, yeah. That's really interesting you say that. And something we speak about quite a lot is that stretch. Yeah. So it's almost like the stretch to a goal. So it's almost if you reach it, it's kind of like you've set it almost to be too easy. So yeah. you're kind of looking at for that 90% where you know you can almost make it, but it's still a stretch to get there. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Thanks, Nina. Um, just want to return to you, Carl, or KP. Um, you mentioned you structure OKRs in small teams of around three students. Can you kind of explain the objective setting in KRs and what does this look like in the classroom and kind of what metrics do you use? I, I, I think just uh, to comment a little bit of what uh, Nina said, mm -hmm. um, I think what's fun in the process is to see how uh, grades are more an external motivation while OKRs is more of an internal motivation. And I think uh, when, when we're small, and we, when we start school, we have, an, we have an eagerness to learn because we want just to learn. But as we go through the school system, we're, we're, we're taught that uh, grades matter very much and that you just have to score, uh, get an A on the test. That's the goal. And that's so, I think that's so sad because you, where in the process of, uh, of the school, uh, students lose their uh, intrinsic motivation to learn. 
And that was the biggest aha experience for me is when students learn because they want to learn, they don't learn to know or to score an A on the test. So I love how Koan is designed with the team in mind. The team is really at the center of the system. Um, it's about helping the team and the members of those teams, obviously, to really collaborate on how they work with OKRs. I mean, there's, there's obviously full transparency across the system, which helps. And then the features that they have around feedback uh, and uh, being able to track uh, levels of confidence and so on and so forth around and progress against OKRs. It, it's, it's amazing. And it, because of that level of transparency, it builds accountability and fosters some great communication. So, yeah, I love how teams are just at the centre of uh, the system. And I think it's it goes back to kind of setting people up for kind of life after school as well. So yeah. it's all well and good passing a test. But if that doesn't relate to anything you want to do, past yeah. school it's kind of what's the point really I guess so yeah and 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 at one point we had a discussion on because in the beginning a lot of the students said uh, our objective is to get an A in the class and then we had a discussion on okay is it better to get an A in the class or get 12 job offers hmm. And and that's when a lot of students uh, raise their goals or raise their ambitions uh, because it's it's easy to get an A, but it's difficult to get 12 job offers. Mm. And what that's we've seen in the class is that when people focus on learning, uh, they get a lot of job offers. If they focus on getting an A, uh, they get an A, but who who looks at grades these days? It's so everything else that goes with the grades as well that we're looking at, like you say. So, yeah, mm. I think a grade is more a key result mm. than uh, an, an objective. Mm, definitely. So, but you asked, uh, what does it look like in the classroom, and uh, and that we focus or we structure OKRs around small teams. Uh, I've tried to run individual OKRs, but I think that's difficult. Uh, but in a team environment, it becomes more motivating. And, and the way we, I, I explained a little bit earlier uh, how we ran it, but in the beginning of the first lecture, we introduce OKRs, but not, uh, we don't go into the details about OKRs. And then we tell the students the ambitions of the, with the class. Uh, and then we go through what the, the details of objectives and key results are and what is a good objective and what is a good key result. Uh, and then, then we just ask them to set an ambition, or because I've I've learned that it's it's easier to understand for a Norwegian person what an ambition is rather than an objective. It's the same thing, but ambition is something uh, that's more familiar to Norwegians, I think. Uh, and it's easier to say when when you give the team some examples on ambitions, they started out with, okay, we want to learn a little bit. And then some students started saying, we want to launch a real e-commerce store and uh, make it a success. Uh, and when the students uh, see what other students have as ambitions, they raise their own ambitions. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what was very interesting for me to see as well. So after I've, uh, I explained what OKRs were, I said uh, to them that they could submit drafts to their uh, OKRs. Uh, and then we did that publicly. So we, we use Basecamp as a software. 
which is not an OKR software, but it was something that we use in our company because we've used it from before. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I think, making change in orga organization. You wanna, you don't want to introduce a new software uh, just to make a change because that makes it more difficult to get people to adopt it. So in Basecamp, they just submitted their OKRs, and then I would go in and publicly comment on the first couple of teams that submitted their OKRs and everybody else would see those comments. Mm -hmm. And that way I didn't have to comment on all the uh, ambitions and keywords or OKRs. I could just uh, comment on the first couple ones. And everybody would go in and enter their ambitions or OKRs. And then we just set a date uh, for weekly reporting and we reported every Friday. And I would just send out a note, it's time for reporting. Uh, click on this link and uh, put in your uh, OKRs in this format. Uh, and that would, uh, when, when the first team sent in their uh, OKR report, that would trigger an email that notified everybody else that now one team has sent, submitted their OKRs. Mm -hmm. And then people, the three, four, five, six first teams would uh, send in. And then at the end, people that submitted late would look bad. Yeah. Uh, so it became uh, a little bit peer pressure. So that's um, that was the whole process in the class, and it's it was we focused on making it really simple, and that's what I think is so good with OKRs because most people don't like reporting, and I think OKRs is currently the best system uh, to simplify the reporting procedures in a company, and that's why I think it works. Great. And I think, um, I know when you did the discovery call with Jill, obviously you've mentioned about Basecamp software and kind of that weekly report. Um, did you kind of find any negativity or reluctance to that from any of the students at the start? Or was that kind of like, let's go, they're all in on it. Like you say, they're kind of all bought in from the start. I think that's the advantage of students because yeah. uh, they're used to learning new things. Uh, in a company, if you introduce a new software, you'll see resistance. Mm -hmm. And if you make a little mistake in the software, you will, you'll see even more negativity. Mm -hmm. So I think as if you make it simple enough and uh, you just tell them this is how it's going to work and don't leave too much room for discussion, I think people will adopt and they will learn. Yeah. And I know one of the things as well, um, the kind of, like you say, there wasn't that burden of kind of negative association. And obviously that transparency that you created helped us create higher levels of expectations across the group, which mm -hmm. is something towards is like music to our ears. So transparency and increased engagement is like perfect, kind of make, obviously makes OKRs awesome. Um, so did you hit any barriers? And if so, how did you overcome these? Or was it kind of yeah. plain sailing? <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it was uh, surprisingly we didn't meet that many barriers, uh, and I think it was because uh, the process was so simple that that it was easy to follow. Uh, and uh, when we answered questions in uh, in public, uh, there weren't that many problems. Some people would uh, uh, fail to report a week or two, but we just made it um, mandatory that if you, uh, if you don't report, you don't get a, you, you fail. Mm. Uh, we didn't say that explicitly, but uh, we said that that's part of the grade. So we, we kind of force people. And I think that's also a good way of getting people to adopt it, just make it mandatory. 
mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. Uh, and then at, when people get get in the habit uh, of reporting and they get in the habit of OKRs, you you can uh, lighten up on the requirements. Yeah, kind of once it's built into their weekly habits, like you say, you don't need to kind of be forcing, I guess, and kind of saying those messages to people. That's really interesting. Um, I also know that you mentioned to Jill during the discovery call that after setting OKRs as a lecturer, you did say that you didn't potentially have to work as hard. Um, (laughs) So can you elaborate on this for our listeners? Because this is a really interesting point, I think. Yeah, I think every company and every uh, every organization wants uh, self-managing teams, uh, teams that just take care of business, uh, and they you want self-driven teams. And I think what happened in the class was that the uh, the teams in the class they became self self-motivated. Mm. Uh, so instead of having to lecture uh, and 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 uh, what do you call it, uh, fill people with knowledge, people would go out and learn by themselves. And I became more of a facilitator uh, than uh, a lecturer. And I think that was, uh, and I, I got to learn more stuff too, because I didn't have to spend time uh, repeating what I've taught before, what I've lectured on before. I could focus on just, uh, if, if one team did something interesting, I would ask that team to share their experience with, uh, with the class. And with the video that Nina and her team made, that was uh, just an awesome video that all the other students could learn from. Uh, and I, now I think, that's, I think that video has been shared amongst all the professors at the school. Uh, and it's going to, I, hopefully that video is going to be there forever because it's a good video. And in 10 years, Nina is going to look at it and say, Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> I remember <laughs> so it, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, ma- it made my job a lot easier that people are, are self-driven and, uh, autonomous teams. And I think why, why I think most companies want their teams to be autonomous, mm. And I think that transparency that you kind of encouraged obviously helped, like you say, those groups to inspire each other. So Nina's video was shown to other groups to inspire them. And I'm guessing work was shown to each other to, like you say, to inspire and help them grow. Yeah. And also, I think in in an educational environment, I think uh, the degree of psychological safety is also important. And that's something we actually struggle with every year, because when you're in a small group of people, uh, it's easier to be become psychological safe. But when you're uh, 150 people and you're on Zoom uh, and you don't know each other, that's one of the biggest barriers right now. Because we, in order for OKRs to work, you need to, and in order for transparency to have a, a positive impact, you need to have a high degree of psychological safety. Uh, and that's, I think, where a lot of companies and organizations fail because you can't introduce OKRs. It's difficult to introduce OKRs if uh, it's, an, it's an unsafe psychological environment. Definitely. It's something that we've touched on on, on, on our podcast yeah. as well about psychological safety and especially the impact of kind of a lot of teams being remote this last year as well and yeah. how that's impacted the psychological safety of people. Um, and like, you know, part of OKRs is about having that freedom to kind of try and test things and push yourself. So if you don't feel safe, that's just not simply not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so completely agree. It's really, really important. Um. So just moving on slightly, as part of your role at, again, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Inavo? 
Yeah, e Nevo. Innovation and evolution. That's okay. Uh, that makes sense now you've said it, yeah. <laughs> You're bringing through your talent into organisations. Do you think OKR should be a part of the curriculum in education for wider schools? Uh, I think, yes. And I think there's a, I think there's a Simon Sinek talk about uh, motivation where he, he explains the, psycholo- or the physiological reasons why OKRs actually work. So I think yes, uh, getting that into the curriculum that people or teach students to set goals for themselves and track them towards those, help them track themselves towards those goals. I think that should be part of a primary school mm. um, and not make it such a, a dangerous thing to set high goals. You, you obviously don't, you don't want students to set uh, unachievable goals you want the students to set goals that they, if they work really hard, they can reach them. Yeah, and I think that we almost, uh, I don't know what it's kind of like for you guys, but I know for some of our kind of education system, we've almost lost that thing where um, you strive to be good at something almost. And it's kind mm-hmm. of, especially with like sports days and things like that, they've become less competitive. Mm-hmm. Whereas realistically, when you go into the, the big wide world after kind of school, college, university, you're going to face competition. So I think it's really important that people get that, like you say, from an early age. So um, yeah, I think health, healthy competition. Yeah, And I think uh, people are good at different things. And I think uh, you need to tailor the education to the individual. You need Absolutely. to personalize education because different people are good at different things. Well, it's like, like you'll know in your kind of background in digital marketing, you personalize everything now to everyone. So why are we not doing it kind of with education? So it kind of makes complete sense. Um, mm-hmm. And finally, kind of just taking an, an organic approach to OKRs rather than being forced. And you use this approach with your students and one we agree with. Um, so why is it important and not just to students, but in relation to organizations? So how do you kind of bring them along for the ride, I guess? I think there's a balance between organic and the forcing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something I've, uh, I've learned throughout the years is that I, I, I tried to introduce things to the students and make it all voluntary. Uh, and I think some people, if you make things voluntary, I think you'll get maybe 10% of the students to, to actually uh, learn and, uh, and build their knowledge. Uh, but if you force people uh, a little bit in the beginning, uh, I think you can uh, you can get more students on board and those ten percent that are just interested interested to learn in the first place. So so it's a balance. I, I think uh, Simon Sinek has a video where he explains the law of diffusion of innovation. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that every every population? So every company consists uh, of people on a bell curve. So some people are innovators, some people are early adopters, some people are uh, early majority, and some people are late majority. And the last people, they, they're they laggards. They won't, they won't do it even if they're forced to do it. Mm. Uh, and what he says in that video is that don't talk to the, or don't talk to 80% of the people. Uh, talk to the innovators and early adopters. If you get 15 to 20% of the company or the students to join you, the rest will follow. Mm-hmm. So I think the combination of forcing people to give, to provide or to teach students to get good habits. Uh, and then when you have reached uh, 
the 15, 20% first, uh, you can start introducing the thing or the, 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 the change to the other people in the group. And they become your advocates as well, don't they? Because they're already bought in. So you've kind of got more of almost like a sales team behind you as well at that yeah. point. Yeah. Because if you try to talk to or introduce something to everybody, uh, you'll get a lot of negativity in the beginning because most people are cynical and practical. Uh, they they will say that what's in it for me. They'll say, well, that that's not going to work around here. But if you have a group of people that prove that it works uh, and you focus on them, uh, the other people will follow. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, that's kind of pulls together our kind of discussion towards its end. But I suppose what I want to come to you with is kind of any final thoughts that you wanted to give to our listeners um, I'll come to you first, KP, and then Nina, if you want to add anything, feel free at this stage to kind of add any final thoughts about your experiences. Sure. Uh, I think it's uh, an interesting thing to uh, introduce OKRs in the classroom, and I just hope more people will introduce it in the classroom. And in order for that to happen, more people or the, the message needs to uh, reach the teachers around the world. Uh, so that's one. I also think that uh, wouldn't it be nice if governments around the world started using OKRs uh, and if all governments used OKRs and everything was transparent, wouldn't that be quite nice? Uh, I guess somebody's interested in exploring that further. I'd love people to get in touch. Yeah, that's, I mean, completely agree. Um, I was nodding furiously, but obviously our listeners can't see that. So <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really useful. Um, Nina, did you want to add anything at this point? Only that I think the greatest thing about OKRs is that it gives you the motivation you need. Uh, because in school and in life in general, uh, you compare yourself to others all the time. But if you... Uh, are forced to set your own goals uh, and then work hard to achieve them, you may feel uh, good about yourself and that you actually are able to do something you want to. Yeah, and I, th I think that's also in an in a, in a environment where there's so much focus on social media and being successful and peer pressure. Uh, I think just focusing more on individuals and not thinking so much about all the other people around you i think that's a great final thought yeah I completely agree i think that's very much something that we would agree with at tbg around that clarity and almost kind of not ignoring but kind of removing a little bit of the noise because there's so much noise out there so really great point nina um, so thank you both for joining us on Giant Talk. I thought that was truly fascinating. To be honest, I could have probably spoken about it for another hour or two, but and I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. So why not leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast platform? And that's kind of all left for me to say is we hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay safe, please. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Giant Talk. Thanks for listening.